Section thirty two of the Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter thirty one. Gerard was almost as eager for this promised land as Dennis for the latter constantly chanted its praises, and at every little annoyance showed him they did things better in Burgundy, and above all played on his foible by guaranteeing clean bedclothes at the inns of that polished nation. I ask no more, the Hollander would say, to think that I have not lain once in a naked bed since I left home. When I look at their linen, instead of doffing habit and hose, it is mine eyes and nose I would fain be shut of. Dennis carried his love of country so far as to walk twenty leagues in shoes that had exploded, rather than buy of a German churl, who would throw all manner of obstacles in a customer's way, his incivility, his dinner, his body. Toward sunset they found themselves at equal distances from a little town and a monastery. Only the latter was off the road. Dennis was for the inn, Gerard for the convent. Dennis gave way but on condition that once in Burgundy they should always stop at an inn. Gerard consented to this, the more readily that his chart with its list of convents ended here. So they turned off the road, and now Gerard asked with surprise whence the sudden aversion to places that had fed and lodged them gratis so often. The soldier hemmed and hawed at first, but at last his wrongs burst forth. It came out that this was no sudden aversion, but an ancient and abiding horror, which he had suppressed till now, but with infinite difficulty and out of politeness. I saw they had put powder in your drink, said he, so I forbore them. However, being the last, why not ease my mind? Know then, I have been like a fish out of water in all those great dungeons. You straightway levant with some old shaveling, so you see not my purgatory. Forgive me, I have been selfish. Ay, ay, I forgive thee, little one. Tis not thy fault. Art not the first fool that has been priest-rid and monk-hit. But I'll not forgive them my misery, that about a century before Henry the Eighth's commissioners he delivered his indictment. These gloomy piles were all built alike. Inns differed, but here all was monotony. Great gate, little gate so many steps, and then a gloomy cloister. Here the dorter, there the great cold refectory, where you must sit, munchance, or at least inaudible. He who liked to speak his mind out, and then, said he, nobody is a man here, but all our slaves. And of what? Of a peevish, tinkling bell that never sleeps. And were a trumpet now, I sounding alarms, twouldn't freeze a man's heart so. Tinkle, 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 and you must sit to meat, with maybe no stomach for food, ere your meat settles in your stomach. Tinkle, tinkle, and ye must to church, with maybe no stomach for devotion. I am not a hog at prayers, for one. Tinkle, tinkle, and now you must to bed with your eyes open. Well, by then you have contrived to shut them. Some uneasy imp of darkness, has got to the bell-rope. 
and tinkle tinkle it behooves you to say a prayer in the dark whether you know one or not if they heard the sort of prayers i mutter when they break my rest with their tinkle well you drop off again and get about an eyeful of sleep lo it is tinkle tinkle for matins and the only clapper you love is a woman's put in gerard half contemptuously because there is some music in that even when it scolds was the stout reply and then to be always checked if i do but put my finger in the salt cellar straightway i hear have you no knife that you finger the salt and if i but wipe my knife on the cloth to save time then tis wipe thy knife dirty on the bread and clean upon the cloth how small of soul these little peevish pedantries fall chill upon good fellowship like wee icicles a-melting down from straw and eaves i hold cleanliness not pedantry said gerard shouldst learn better manners once for all nay tis they who lack manners they stop a fellow's mouth at every word at every other word you mean every obscene or blasphemous one exaggerator go to why at the very last of these dungeons i found the poor travellers sitting all chilled and mute round one shaveling like rogues awaiting their turn to be hanged so to cheer them up i did but cry out courage tout le monde le dieu canoe what befell marry this blaspheme not quo the bureau platil say i doesn't he wheel and white on me in a sort of alsatian french turning all the peas into bees i had much ado not to laugh in his face being thyself unable to speak ten words of his language without a fault well all the world ought to speak french what avail so many jargons except to put a frontier atwixt men's hearts but what said he what signifies it what a fool says oh not all the words of a fool are folly or i should not listen to you well then he said such as begin by making free with the devil's name i end by doing it with all the names in heaven father said i i am a soldier and this is but my consignee or watchword oh then it is just a custom said he i am not divining the old fox and thinking to clear myself said ay it was then this is ten times worse said he twill bring him about your ears one of these days he still comes where he hears his name often called observe no gratitude for the tidings which neither his missiles nor his breviary had ever let him know then he was so good as to tell me soldiers do commonly the crimes for which all other men are broke on the wheel a savoir murder rape and pillage and it's not true true or not it was ill manners replied dennis guardedly and so says this courteous host of mine being the foes of mankind why make enemies of good spirits into the bargain by still shouting the names of evil ones and a lot more stuff well but dennis whether you hearken his ready or slight it wherefore blame a man for raising his voice to save your soul how can his voice save my soul when he keeps turning up his peas into bees gerard was staggered 
ere he could recover at this thunderbolt of gallicism dennis went triumphant off at a tangent and stigmatized all monks as hypocrites do but look at them how they creep about and cannot eye you like honest men nay said gerard eagerly that modest downcast gaze is part of their discipline tis custodia ocolorum cussed toads eating hock hack horum no such thing just so looks a cut purse can't meet a true man's eye duff cowl monk and behold a thief duff cowl thief and lo a monk tell me not they will ever be able to look god almighty in the face when they can't even look a true man in the face down here ah here it is black as ink into the well we go comrade misericordiae there goes the tinkle already tis the best of tinkles though tis for dinner stay listen i thought so the wolf in my stomach cried amen this last statement he confirmed with two oaths and marched like a victorious gamecock into the convent thinking by gerard's silence he had convinced him and not dreaming how profoundly he had disgusted him End of chapter thirty one recording by john brandon